actually. Yes, because we should just start this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I do have like. I actually called the job that I quit mm -hmm. back and asked them if I could keep my job. Yeah. Wait, what one? That one was the security, the security one. yeah. Well, that's good. Because I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I got scammed $2,000. Well, you know, it was a learning experience. It happens to everybody, but I, like, it just, I'm not going to go into detail. You can ask me. I'm not going to fucking tell you. The amount of people are like, come on, just tell me. I'm like, no, it's so fucking embarrassing. Like, I'm not even talking about it. Like, it's just, it is what it is. I literally just don't say, like, I, I don't talk about it with my parents. I mentioned it to my dad, and he's just like, okay. <laughs> he was kind of upset, but he was like, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. And oh my god, if my mom listens to it, then she's gonna find out. I'm just not gonna tell her. Dad, nice. don't tell her either. Mom, don't go ask dad. I swear to god, if you go ask him, I'm gonna take me caps out. <laughs> but no, yeah, but my grandparents are up for the week, so that's fun. Always a, always a hoot when they're around. It really is some Caribbean grandparents. Jeez. One of them's going senile. Aww. But it's funny, though. Because the shit she does is just like... What the fuck? <laughs> <Aww. clears throat> uh. mm. Yeah, I don't know. This week, fucking... Work was boring as shit. And then I got really fucking drunk on the weekend. Had to recover from And you that. didn't even mean to. I didn't even mean to. I'm just going to go and get ready, and that's it. Well, no, I went, I went back. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Like, I'm going to go with them and get ready. Like, I'll maybe go down, like, for a bit, but not long. Yeah, whatever. It was a really good time. As long as you had fun. Yeah. That's the, that's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, today we're going to talk about mental health. <laughs> and I know it, we, we know it's not mental health week. Mental health week is in October, but we, you know, with just the shit going on in our lives, we thought it was a good time to talk about it. Well, I think uh, mostly what's going on in my fucking life because it's a goddamn MTV show on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it's because you fill it with so much. You work your ass off. You don't give your time yourself time to relax. Yeah, but my life is just an MTV show with all the drama in my family. Yeah. Like, there's never a dull moment. Like, when you call me, or more or less, when I call you, there's always something going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, whenever I ever called you and nothing new was happening. <laughs> but... We're going to just d dive into, you know, mental health. I got some of my psychology notes from university here with me, boys and girls. <laughs> I've got the internet. <laughs> and I've got Phoebe. Oh, that's, that's pretty good right there. Fuck. <laughs> I got all my resources. <laughs> I am also suited. What do you mean suited? Zooted. I'm zooted. What is zooted? Zooted is like the, another term for like big. Oh. <laughs> I'm zooted. <laughs> I see. It's the new age term. I'm trying to keep with it, you know? I'm turning zooted. 24 this year. That's so fetch. <laughs> fetch isn't going to happen, Karen. I don't even know. What was that? Mean Girls. What was it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> <clears throat> Gretchen. Gretchen Wieners. That was Wieners. Stop trying to make 
fetch happen. It's not happening, Gretchen. Uh, but yeah, so first off, a disclaimer that if you are in need and need to talk to somebody, please reach out and go to the resources that are available to you because you are not alone. Trust me when I say this, everybody, even in our topic today, is struggling with mental health in some way, shape, or form. So you can call 1-833-456-4566 or you can visit crisisservicecanada.ca for all your mental health needs and services if you're feeling a little bit down in the dumps, okay? And you have a good radio voice. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into it. You know, what is mental health and what, what, what defines mental health? What do you think? Let's think about, let's brainstorm and then we'll deep dive into how, you know, what is mental health? So... Mental health, I, from what I've learned growing, you know, going to school for psychology and, you know, dealing with my own mental health and finding ways and actually when you get to the psychological side of mental health, it becomes interesting. Well, for me personally, Mm -hmm. but it becomes a a point of interest where you're like, no, I want to know why I'm so fucked up. Yeah. Lately, especially, I've been like analyzing those little things. Yeah. You want to, you definitely want to cultivate and grab like those little things where you notice it and you're like oh that's like this Mm -hmm. and it's related to that oh you know you're like Mm -hmm. okay because of like when I was growing up in the like uh, I gotta find it here in my notes I have a tag boys and girls don't worry Yes, but at, like there's stages when you're growing up. There's different types of stages that you go through as a child. And there's, it's, oh, here we go. But each stage, it's, I'm trying to find it, but each stage with growing up, you develop something whether like in your brain so each part of your brain develops at a different stage Mm -hmm. of growing up and with that that part of the brain can also retrieve trauma and keep that and which can cause stages of like can be contributors to causing stages of mental health later on while while other parts of your brain are developing Mm It's, it's, it's really interesting. Okay. Like there's this thing called clinical scales of the MMPI. And with the MMPI, it pretty much, there's a scale. It goes from one to 10 and it's based off of different like measures of MMPI. I cannot tell you what MMPI is right now because I don't really remember. 
but there's hypochondriasis, depression, hysteria, hypothetic deviance, you know, masculinity, femininity, paranoia, schizophrenia, uh, hippomania, social introversion, and psychocasnia. There's so many like <coughs> things that, like on a scale of one to ten, like can develop. But yeah, that's just my little high jaunt rant on that. But under the psychiatric.org, mental health and the health conditions involve changes in emotions, thinking, and behavior and are associated with distress and or problems functioning in social work or family activities. It is very common. That's their definition of mental health. And it is, everybody has some sort of mental health. There's not a single person I know who is mentally yeah. okay. <laughs> you can be a perfect person, but at some point you're still gonna deal with anxiety or depression or mm -hmm. whatever. Exactly. Um, that's normal. Yeah. It's just finding healthy ways to deal with it as well. It, honestly, it is, it's true. You have to find healthy ways to deal with it. And like that website that I told you about, Canadian Crisis or Canada.ca, that's a way to go and look and see how you can get help. And not mm -hmm. only that, but... I, for people me, people who have sorry, sorry, go no, ahead. Continue. No, go for you. No, because I might ramble for a minute. Okay. <laughs> well, just related to that, like people who are mentally healthy have a sense of co contentment, a zest for living, and the ability to laugh and have fun. The ability to deal with stress and bounce back from adversity, a sense of meaning and purpose in both their activities and their relationships, a flexibility you know, to learn new skills and adapt to change, a balance between work and play, rest and activity, and the ability to maintain fulfillment relation fulfillment in relationships and self-confidence and high self-esteem. So those are those, a lot of people would relate those to influencers. Influencers are considered to have, are be mentally healthy, mm -hmm. you know, because they have to put that out persona that they're kind of living the dream in a sense. Understandable. Mm -hmm. Oh. What were you going to say? Um, for me, especially lately, because I've been working a very boring job, I kind of make it a game. And so, like, when I do notice uh, things happening, like, I don't know, maybe a manic episode, I just kind of ride it out. And it's nice to... It's nice afterwards to be able to say, like, yeah, I accomplished that. Or, like, the depressive episodes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just kind of make a game out of it sometimes. Yeah, you kind of... Because you learn about more, too. Yes. That's true. The more you deep dive into your mental health, the more you'll understand it. And I can tell you, like, it's one of those things, like, for me, as I've gone to school and I've, like, researched and you know, taken a couple of years, I know. it's. I've been out of university for, I haven't studied for probably two years now, so I haven't brushed up on my knowledge. But, you know, f for instance, 
there's a historical perspective on mental health in Canada with Dr. Erwin, <coughs> Erwin Cameron um, that uh, the CIA funded beneficial brainwashing experiments. Uh-huh. No consent or information about treatment. Hallucinogenic drugs like LSD were used. He was a Montreal psychiatrist and he attempted to find a cure for mental illness and with treatment with unknowing patients, even family unknowing. So this is what happened back in like the 18 wait his own family no like patient's family oh like sure. he wouldn't let the patient's family know what was going on and electroconductive th- therapy sometimes three times a day so what Jeez. that means is like you would, it was pretty much electro shock therapy yeah three times a day um and there was psychosurgery and there was lobo- which is lobotomies um, they destroyed tact contacting frontal, which was 1981 was the last lobotomy in Canada when it was officially banned. So it was pretty like considered recent, mm-hmm. you know, the last lobotomy was 1981. That's in the eighties. Yeah. It's not that long ago. Um, lobotomies were introduced, were introduced in the 20th century and performed out of curiosity, but that's how they used to change behavior in the brain. Just reset button. <laughs> More like a reset ice pick through your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was the eugenetics movement and the belief that many abnormal behaviors resulted in for hereditary mental retardation. A retardation? Yeah. So that was 1928 Sorry. to 1972. There was 4,000 plus Canadians forcibly sterilized in Alberta and BC. So the movement lost favor as the public became humanitarian and sterilization of Leland Murr was cased as moron based on IQ. So I know for some of you are like, I don't know what any of that shit means, (laughs) but it's pretty much just going through the historical of how we've like the, how treatments for mental health have developed over the years like this is how they used to treat mental health yeah which is like people are like excuse me so for people that are kind of wondering what the sterilization is the sterilization was the cost movement where women used to stay at home and good to help the cause so it's pretty much like they would just like cut men's like pretty much just like give men castration castration yeah yeah. Well, I believe they did women's as well. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And women. When they were asleep. They just would take them into surgery and just whoop. But mental health care in Canada. Uh, it was universal health care since 1970, which is the Canadian Health Act, which provinces and territories are responsible for administering. Uh, reorganization and funding acts lead to closing of the long-term psychiatric mental hospitals and beds in psych wards. And there was... Also, deinstitutionalization, which has been going on for 40-some-odd years. It, the goal is and was to shift care from psychiatric hospitals to communities. Process rapid occur, proce- uh, the process r- occurred rapidly in five provinces, Ontario, BC, Alberta, Nova Scotia, and uh, Saskatchewan. And there's a goal to just end stigma and educating the public to end it. The fear is primary reason people don't seek help is reduced is stigmatization reduction in the status of a group 
due to people perceived deficiencies and stigma was a destructive beliefs or attitudes held by society that are ascribed to groups considered different or considered discrimination. So there was stigma, but then there was stigmatization. There was two types. Which to me, like, that's another thing. Like there's mis like there's misinterpretation. There's, you know, people eat there's a term, but there's a, also a different meaning to the same term in another form. Mm -hmm. There's so many, like I'm just looking through my notes here, sorry for the quiet. I'm just looking through my notes here and like cognitive perspective, behavioral therapies, the classing conditioning model, opera conditioning model, mod <coughs> opera conditioning by JF, by JF Skinner, you know? And let me just, let me just talk a little bit about, I'm gonna talk about the behavioral perspective, oh, just a little bit, that was done by Ivan Pavlov, John Weston, and Skinner. So they viewed abnormal behaviors as responses learned in the same ways other human behavior is learned. Their acquisition or learning of inappropriate maldative behaviors, abnormal behaviors itself is the problem, learned environmental and situation, environmental situation and genetic influences, which were classical, classical conditioning, opera conditioning, and social. So with classical, learn learning by two events appeared together at the same time the person then react the same way which was a temporal association so food stimulus for instance a bell non-stimulus but when both together the stimulus take the food away and the bell still stimulus does that make any sense sorry honestly i was kind of just reading this <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much what it's saying is the food the food is the good and the bell the food is the reward and the bell is the <clears throat> the notion. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when you put the, the two together, so you put the food away and then you use the bell still as the, sim as, as the, still, as the reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you're, you're using a classical conditioning model to say like, oh, like what's bad is good and what's good is bad. <clears throat> Operant conditioning was behavior that was followed by positive consequences will be repeated, which was reinforcement. Behavior that followed by negative consequences will be discouraged, pausing punishment. And then there's well, the positive reinforcements. Strength of tendency to respond by virtue of pre presentation of a pleasant event. And then the negative would be strengthens a response by the removal of an assertive event. And the punishment is the positive application of the event assertive or painful stimuli that reduces the frequency of the behavior it follows. So the removal of the good, a pleasant event, which would be the negative, 
It's very, it sounds very complex, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, so, for, for instance, a positive, you give candy, which is the reinforcement. It's like, hey, yo, candy. You know, I got some candy. But the punishment for the positive is you give a shock. Because they're like, oh, candy, which is the reinforcement mm -hmm. to get them there. But the punishment for them doing it is like shock because they did something bad, mm -hmm. even though it was supposed to be positive. And then the negative, there's no, the reinforcement is there's no shock and there's no takeaway of the candy as the punishment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty much saying that bad is good and good is bad. It's like a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. So the way that we've come to mental health is astounding, scary, and looking at it now, very illegal, but not much we can do about that, okay? <laughs> so. I wish you guys can look at this notebook because it is just like fucking full of it's notes. full. Like, front to back. Abnormal psych was a big topic. Oh, anxiety and related disorders interview, to, interview scheduled for the DSM-5. Sweet. Anxiety. <laughs> anxiety. So potentially after the mental status exam, the clinic, clinician may use a more structured measure. According to the DSM-5, DSI-5 interview scheduled, the clinician first asks if the patient is bothered by thoughts, images, or impulses, or currently feels driven to repeat some behavior or thought over and over again. Based on the eight-point rating scale that ranges from never to occasionally to constantly, the clinician then asks the patient to rate each obsession on two measures, persistence, distress, persistence to distress, how often it occurs and how much distress it causes, and resistance, types of attempts the patient makes to get rid of the obsession. For compulsions, the patient provides ratings of their frequency. So that was the test that they would, like, an interview test that they would give to people to see if they had anxiety or related disorders. Okay, well... <clears throat> what else we got on our other notebook? <laughs> we kind of have the work, family, um, self, whatever here. I kind of talked about, like, work for myself, like, kind of make it into a game sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, the family, I don't know. Obviously, it's very draining <laughs> dealing with people that have, uh, mental health issues. But yeah. it, it took my, my mom a while, especially, like, she worked in a, uh, the field, uh, a, and like rehabilitating people and getting them ready to go back out into like civilization mm -hmm. and uh, even she struggled when it came to her family because like it took her a while to understand it and then it got to this point where it's kind of like um, and she'd ask me if it was a have a day where you just kind of sometimes you can't do anything but just be alive you know mm -hmm. um and that's how we dealt with it at, you know, some days. Yeah. With work, for me, 
the way I have to keep in mind is that no matter how much I may hate something that I'm doing, it's only temporary because I'm working towards something else. Mm -hmm. So I just have to buck up and bear it mm -hmm. because the positive will be my reinforcement. But I also want to cover diagnostic categories in the DSM-5. There's a lot. Okay. You know, and I'll just name them off. And if you have, if you want to talk about some of them, I can totally read some of the notes here. Okay. <laughs> so there's the neurodevelopment disorders, neurocognitive disorders, substance related and addictive, schizophrenia spectrum and other psychotic, depressive disorders, anxiety, obsessive compulsive and related disorders, somatic symptoms and related, diagnostic dis dis disassociative disorders, sexual dysfunctions, paraphilic disorders, sleep-wake disorders, feeding and eating disorders, trauma and related, disruptive impulsive control and conduct, personality and personality disorders. Wow, I've got like, I don't know, at least a quarter of those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shit, that was a lot. Any of them that you want to like dive into? Um, can I take a look at it actually? Mm -hmm. Let's switch your books. Let's back a couple pages first. I guess neurodevelopment disorders, because that is more common than people realize. What does it say? Highly modified version of what was previously known as disorder is usually what, first diagnosed in infancy. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, sorry. So there's some really like complicated words in there. Even I just struggle. Okay. First I know infancy, childhood, ad adolescence. Bored. Ranging category includes attention, attention deficiency. I have that. Hyperactivity. I have that. So I have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> Intellectual disability as opposed to mental retardation. Autism spectrum disorder and communication disorders. So, in the neurological development disorders that can be first diagnosed in infancy and childhood, which my nephew has been uh, has been identified as autistic early on in his childhood instead of his adolescence. So instead of finding out in his teen years that he was autistic, my sister and her my brother-in-law were able to find out that he, when he was younger that he had autism and know how to handle it properly mm -hmm. so that he can have better social interactions. Yeah. You want to kind of like go through them all? Um, or which one do you want to go through? Um, the sleep wake, the sleep wake one is pretty. Yeah. It's pretty different. It's made up of seven separate disorders and includes disruptances in the amount, quantity, or timing of sleep, or dysomnias, and the parasomnias, in which usual unusual events such as nightmares occurring occur during sleep. So insomnia, or disinsomnia, or parasomnia. Are the three categories there which like everyone knows what insomnia is mm -hmm. insomnia insomnia is when you can't sleep disinsomnia disinsomnia is when you can't when you just all you do is sleep mm -hmm. 
And parasomnia is when you have, is when you have, you know, unusual events like nightmares. When you have very vivid nightmares. Yeah. Constantly. Um, somatic symptoms and related, they're characterized by the presence of psychological symptoms that have unknown psychological, unknown psychological cause, that, but seem to have a psychological purpose. So illness anxiety is different than regular anxiety. Illness anxiety is when it causes you physical illness to the degree of which it, 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 it causes like somniatic symptoms. So you come, like you, you know, know what somniacs are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Any others? Let me see for a second. This book has come very handy. It, I do like to jaunt through it. I also have a very expensive book called Abnormal Psychology, an Integrated Approach, which is the fifth Canadian edition. It's probably a $200 textbook. So. Obsessive compulsive disorders, mm -hmm. unrelated disorders. A new in DSMS. D DSM D um, in order to distinguish it from other anxiety disorders, obsessive compul compulsive body as morphic. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't know that one. Hoarding. <laughs> <laughs> When you really like, if you're mm -hmm. to sit down and actually read through the book, it's really, it's interesting. It's just a very summarized, it's a very summarized version of the textbook. Like this textbook is very wordy. It's very in, in, in intuitive to its descriptions of what things are. Do you want to do like this whole last page? <laughs> read it? Yeah. Or not all of it if you don't want that. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to do culture and diagnosis? What like do you want to do? For, oh, yeah, no, not the bottom one. Personality disorders. Yes. Um. Yes. Okay. So disruptive, impulsive, control, and conduct. So it includes a number of conditions where the person's behavior is inappropriate and seemingly out of control, such as intermittent explosive, keplomania, pyromania, obs obstetitional def defiant. In conduct, so any type of conduct could be criminal conduct. Conduct <laughs> could be um, sexual conduct, physical conduct, any type of conduct. Personality disorders are enduring, inflexible, and manipulative patterns of behavior and inner experience. And there's ten of them. There's ten disorders. I don't have them all listed, but there's schizophrenic, schizoid personality. Narcissistic PD, personality disorder. Antisocial PD, or actually PD, which is previously categorized on the axis of 11. So, it's a lot going on. Oh, I, this is when I started, this is when I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> the notes, we could have got further in with the notes there, but it kind of dropped out. 
but I want to chat a little bit about you know your mental health with your friends like definitely oh also no side note with mental health with work you can definitely call in and have sick days like a sick day can be used as a mental health day like if you can't go into like if you know you wake up and you are like I can't go into work today and perform mm-hmm. to my best I need to like you know it's gonna be a bad day yeah that's totally use 100% your, use your sick day use your sick day and don't be afraid of having repercussions because if you sit down with your boss or your supervisor and you talk to them they'll be like yo like that's what your sick days are for man like if you need to have a day like take a day mm-hmm. that's what they're there for mm-hmm. yeah you know? like people are very understanding when it comes to mental health and if you have a employer that's not I I'm very sorry, but that's also, you can take that shit to court, so, (laughs) you know. But definitely, you know, if you're too comfortable with somebody at work, talk to them. There's nothing wrong with that. If you need to take a day, take a day. And with your friends, definitely, like, I talk to my friends about some of my mental health stuff. Yeah. Maybe not all of it, but some of it. Some of it where I'm just like, yo, like, I just, like, I don't talk to my parents really about my mental health because my mom has her own mental health as it is and she deals a lot with my sister who has a newborn so that's just a lot going on with her plus her job is very stressful so i just don't really talk to my parents about mental health my dad has toxic masculinity toxic masculinity is when an individual most is majority male does not or cannot talk about their feelings in fear of being considered a wimp mm-hmm so it's considered toxic masculinity because you choose to bottle up your feelings and then you tend to explode in another form, whether it be violent, whether it be loud rage, whether it be, you know, fucking excessive cleaning. I don't know what men do when they're men. They mostly just want to throw hands. So like, yeah. they just want to destroy something. So, you no. know, <laughs> most of the time, but talk to your friends. It's okay. Because, like, everyone's dealing with something, and, like, someone, you know, sometimes you, if you want to run just to them, like, just be like, yo, I just want to vent. But if you be like, hey, I need, like, I don't know what to do, like, you know, they're good for both. But I also, in re- retrospect to your family, like, I know it's not great that I don't talk to my parents about my mental health, but at the same time, like, I, my parents grew up in it, grew up in a different era. Mental mm-hmm. health wasn't, you know, he didn't talk, about didn't it. talk about it. So I don't really confine in them. But my mom will ask and my dad will ask how I'm doing once in a while. So they care. Mm-hmm. You know, I may lie, but they care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only that, but even sit down with yourself. Like, pick up a textbook, pick up a book from the library. The internet, so accessible. Just sit down and be like, yo, how can I help my mental health? Yep, it's very important to take care of yourself first. And here's some ways that you can. Six ways to help your mental health. Social connection. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Staying active. When you are physically active, it, it releases a serotonin in your brain, which causes good endorphins to release through your body which is a form of a high so it makes you feel good managing stress so if you 
for instance, say this isn't on you, but say you live in a very cluttered area. That could be very stressful for someone. That could cause more stress than needed be because you come home from your day and you just kind of want to relax, but then you go into your room or you go into your living room or your house or whatever, your apartment, and you just see a mess and you're just like, oh my God, you know? But if you keep that space fresh and, you know, open, it relieves an open mind when you get home in a free space to just let loose, <laughs> you know? A brain healthy diet. Brain healthy. Brain healthy diet. A brain healthy diet, you know, definitely something more or less to do with not just eating right with the physically being active, but because what you eat can also make you feel like crap. Like I know mm -hmm. I don't really eat fast food. I don't go to McDonald's and get a burger. I don't really, I mostly eat at home. But when I go out and I eat something fast food considered like a chicken burger from A&W, it would like sometimes it makes me feel ill after i'm just like oh man i shouldn't have had that that just made me feel ugh. you know go vegan <laughs> yeah you know have a healthy brain diet even like reading reading's a healthy brain mm -hmm. diet too educate your mind keep yeah. it especially right now during covid you got to keep your brain and brain intact. active yeah <clears throat> quality sleep at least get a good eight hours and if that's something you struggle with, try and start more of a routine. Like if you work out or do something that's more physically active during the day, then you're gonna be more tired and inclined to go to bed earlier. And then you may wake up at a normal time instead of in the afternoon. You instead never know. In the instead of in the afternoon, the way you said that. <laughs> yeah, instead of in the afternoon. <laughs> or even Meaning and purpose, like a vision board, is a great idea mm -hmm. for meaning and purpose. Or goal board. Like I have a little, I have a whiteboard in my room and it has goals on it and I can like race them and like change them and alter them or whatever. And I look at it and I'm like, okay, what am I gonna conquer this month? What am I gonna try and set my goals to? Like, what do I wanna do this month? I bought one and I don't know what happened. I think it got ruined in the flood. But I want a chalkboard. That's what I want. I forgot I have this thing. A chalkboard, my mom has a chalkboard in our kitchen and she writes little stuff on there. She hasn't yeah. been doing it lately, so I have. I've been writing little positive notes there once a week. <coughs> I do my best. Not much, I can say. No. Definitely, like, have, like, good, like, ha like, have days where you just, like, pamper yourself. Like, some days, like, I'll wake up and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to have a bubble bath. I'm going to, you know, put some music on, light some candles, have a good time, read a book. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, then I'm going to get up, shower, you know, get my hair all done, do my face, do a nice cleanse on my face. You know, definitely, definitely have like a good like pluck my eyebrows, you know, mm -hmm. definitely like clear my pores out, moisturize, have a good, you know, me day, make a smoothie, have some eggs, 
I might do that tomorrow. <laughs> I might have a mental health day tomorrow before work, honestly. Sounds really I'm great. Hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah. I've done a lot of talking tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. A- me. Not as much as usual. What do you mean? What? What do you mean? I wasn't very talkative. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant me. I was like, what? <laughs> I, hi, how? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope well, you can learn a little something from this and definitely take care of yourself, you know? And I would love to share a TikTok with y'all. I was going to say that you should do it. Okay. I hope I don't, we don't get copyrighted for this. Yes. <laughs> if I have to ask you twice, that's too close to begging for me. I won't do it. Never mind. Let me explain. I no longer tolerate a fucking circle relationship. Nope, not doing it. Relationships that feel like revolving doors. Yeah, I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Where you say that something bugs you, you won't tolerate it anymore. They say that they won't do it again, and then they do it again, and then you have the same conversation over and over again. No, waste of fucking time. Won't do it. And baby, if you ask more than twice, it's kind of your fault at that point. Now listen, let me explain. Let's say you're in a relationship. You're having the revolving door relationship, right? Most of these people that keep doing this to you, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, whoever we're talking about, if you say, I'm not asking you more than once if you do this kind of behavior again i'm going to leave and then you don't leave that's your fault you have to be strong enough to walk away you have to be strong enough to know that you're worth more than asking twice because some of these people they get way too fucking comfortable they know that you won't leave so they'll continue the behavior they may change for like a week or two but they'll always go right back to that behavior you need to cut it off i love you if i so yeah never ask twice people that's another thing Keep your health, mental health good. Yep. Toxicity is not good for your mental health. Yep. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Okay. On that note, be safe. Peace out. <laughs> Have a good night. And please, if you do need help, call one 4566 4566 or Canadian Sur- or Crisis Services Canada.ca for any help. Okay? Be safe. Bye.